What's up, everybody? This is Joey, the second unnumbered episode of the Oshpod. On the other end of the call, I have the boys from Roy Juno playing Friday, 1 p.m., August 2nd at the Perrier Stage. Uh, I- I'll-, I'll let them introduce themselves to you, I guess, since uh, I think there's three or four in the room with uh, our friend James, the or sorry, uh, Josh the drummer, still parking his car. Unknown the reason it's taking this long. But go ahead, guys. Introduce yourself to uh, the listeners. <laughs> he just walked in, actually, so we're, we're, we're set. There you go. <laughs> Um, how are you guys doing? I'm Sayak. I sing for Roy Juno. I'm James. I play guitar. Uh, I'm Henry. I do the bass stuff. And I'm Josh. I play drums. Okay, Josh. Uh, you know, I-, I talked to the guys a bit before we started recording. Um, you th- you might see them now smirking a bit. I don't know. Uh, but I want to talk to you about what happened the other night. Do you care to uh, touch on that? Yeah, sure. Hit me. <laughs> So, well, you, you describe what happened because the guys already told me their side of the story. So now I want to hear your side of the story. Uh, so what time we get back? We got back in Rochester on the last day of tour at what, like two in the morning or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Henry offered some food from his parents, like leftovers. It was like some pasta. Apparently it was like a Asian sesame dish or something like that. Uh, I had doubts on it. And then um, I kind of just went for it. Um, and I started out a reaction because there was peanut butter in it. Uh, and then I had like a whole bowl of it, not even tasting the peanut butter. And then like 10 minutes later, I went to the toilet and started throwing up for a good like 45 minutes. Uh, and then, yeah, I texted the group saying, yo, get my EpiPen. Like, this is not good. Uh, and then 911 came and yeah, it was just kind of a whole shit show after that. So, um, I didn't get out of the hospital until 2.30 the next day. And then I missed my bus to come home back to Boston. So I had to wait another like seven hours. And then I took a 12-hour bus trip back, which uh, sucked even more. So it was just a, it was just a good time overall. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's a way more damning story than what the guys told me. Like, I didn't hear about like the, the puke for 45 minutes uh, or the extra by sounds of it, like full day and a half of waiting to get back on a bus. Uh, well, it's good. You're okay, buddy. We're, we're glad to hear that. So boys question for you right off the hop. Okay. You, you guys are playing the one o'clock uh, slot on Friday. So you're, you're one of the smaller acts. Now I say smaller only because I don't know much about you and uh, you know, I, I want to give you guys a chance to sort of tell people a bit about yourself. So what's Roy Juno about? And, and, you know, maybe more importantly, what are each of you guys about? No one knows really uh, anything about the for you. So if you want to just take turns uh, letting people know just, yeah, your, your background and, and who you are, man. Yeah. So Roy Juno's only really been a band officially for about seven months. Um, we, well, I guess we can say longer than that. But we formed out of an old project that Josh and I were in uh, called Dreamer and Son. And essentially what, what happened was we had a, we had a bunch of songs that, that we needed a new front for, but we wanted to do a project that was separate from ourselves individually, if that makes sense. Um, so the idea of having a band under a second name, under a second moniker kind of like rose out of that. Um, the name Roy Juno comes from my mom's maiden name and, uh, the Roland Juno, which was a keyboard that was in my high school. I just used to you know, fuck around with that. Um, and it, whenever people weren't looking and it was a really simple idea of just like paying homage to, you know, my family and paying homage to like the, the instruments and, and the position that we found ourselves after, 
you know, years and years of work y'all music like this. Um, as a band, I would say we, we, we talk a lot. We t there's, a, there's a wide range of topics that we try to tackle in our music. Um, there's a lot of new stuff that we're going to be showcasing at Oshiega um, that talks a lot about like the political climate in America right now. Um, you know, personal struggles with identity and feeling like you're caught between like the culture that you've been, you know, growing up in and the culture that you're expected to kind of conform to. Uh, we talk about mental health. We talk about addiction. We talk about pretty much every ailment uh, that any of us have personally gone through. And we, we, we try to channel that through our music and we try to turn our experiences and the experiences of the people that we care about into something meaningful. That's a great answer. Um... That, that's uh, a lot more than I was expecting to get there. That's, so, so I guess the first place to start then is uh, why, why choose sort of the, uh, you know, the, the ailments theme, it sounds like, uh, in some of the music. I mean, the political climate in the States, it is what it is. I, I think uh, we could talk about that as well. But I'm, I'm really curious as to why you guys chose kind of that dark subject matter. Uh, if if uh, you guys want to talk about that a bit, that'd be great. Because I think a lot of people struggle with this stuff, certainly in silence more often than uh, seeking help, even from family or close friends. So why, why did you pick that? I mean, I think a lot of it boils down to that we, if we have something to say, we just want to be really genuine about it. And we want to not write lyrics about what we think people want to hear, but what we actually want to say. And um, I think this is just a lot of stuff that, hmm. that we want to say. Yeah. I mean, like piggybacking off of that, the, I guess the reason that these songs revolve around these topics is that, um, it just kind of seems like the only thing really worth talking about when it comes down to it. Like I've, I've done the, I've done the, you know, let's go for a pop hit. And we're all, we're all actually former and one current Berkeley students. And we've gone through this, like this, uh, this path where we've learned how to create music from a certain angle. We've learned how to produce our music from a certain angle. And it's like kind of a one way street. And when we pulled our way, pulled ourselves away from that, and like kind of got really to the core of who we are as artists and musicians ourselves outside of that path. Um, it just became clear that these kinds of things that like have truly affected us and we've needed to hear about um, were the only things worth talking about. That's uh, yeah. I, I mean, sir, you know, you're absolutely right, man. The, the thing about music nowadays, uh, you know, without slandering artists who are doing things far, far more uh, cool than, than I am for sure. Uh, it seems like a lot of pop music is, like you said, about stuff people think uh, that the listener wants to hear and not stuff that's really important. So that's, that's really good to hear. Now, you mentioned something there that is, is piqued my interest and actually piqued my interest when I was meeting, uh, sorry, reading your media releases and, and some of the media that your team is giving out. And it's the, the BPMI, the Berkeley Popular Music Institute. What, so you mentioned that three of you guys are former Berkeley students and there's one current there. So tell me how Berkeley and BPMI work and maybe uh, give, give the listeners a bit of background on that whole, that whole system, that whole project. Yeah. So I'm currently a Berkeley student and um, we just, we played a show, our first show Halloween night. And um, my roommate's girlfriend is uh, in BPMI and, you know, it was just one of those nights where everything clicked and she said, you guys should apply. And, you know, we, took our chances and we were lucky because I'm still a student and uh, I don't know if that would have happened if, if I wasn't in that situation. And, um, you know, it's like a dream come true for an amateur band to play a, a, a stage like Oceaga. So um, we've, uh, we've been, we've been working with them and uh, they've been helping us plan for this, this just monumental show. 
So you guys are pretty hyped for Oshiega because I, yeah, I mean, is this your first time in Montreal? Some of us it's a, so the band that I mentioned earlier that Josh and I were in before Roy Juno uh, played our first tour in Montreal. Um, It's somehow that place has become a really special place to us. Um, But in terms of as Roy Juno, um, as this collective and with this show, uh, this will be the first time that we're going to hit Montreal. So I like to think that it's like square one. So you guys, I mean, O'Shea is a big festival, man. Like that's probably, I mean, there was a few, a few years back uh, on the West coast of Canada and sort of uh, also in Southern Ontario that were trying to rival Osh, but this thing has become a a real monolith. Uh, A couple of weeks back I had on a guy from Evenco and he was, he reminded me during the show that Oshega is coming into its 14th year this year. So next year is 15, uh, which is, I mean, anyone who saw the fire festival documentary, like, you know, how hard it is to even get one year going, uh, whether it's on a famous drug dealers Island or not, uh, it's really tough. Right. And so for you guys to get a spot here, uh, what do you, what are you looking forward to the most about that show? I mean, this is, you're going back to the old grounds where the festival has traditionally been. It's been, uh, sort of outside of its home for the last two years on the Island, but in a different spot. And I think a lot of people, man, especially for your slot are going to be, uh, looking for music they haven't heard before and trying to get into something new. So what are you guys looking forward to about sort of that show and that slot the most? Um, I think really when it comes down to it, all we're looking to do is make um, we, it's not lost on us, like how big a deal this is. I mean, the fact that we're going to be part of a festival with a lineup, like what it is, I mean, at the entertainment, Paula, Childish Gambino, Lennon, Stell, like everybody that we could possibly want to be around is going to be there. And at the end of the day, we just want to be able to connect with these, this audience in a genuine and an authentic way. <laughs> and hopefully in a way that maybe some of like, maybe another band in our position wouldn't have been able to, I, I don't really know how to like go about saying the fact that we just really, really want to get in touch with people and to make an impression. Well, we've had the opportunity to go on tour the last week and some nights we would play in front of four people. Some nights we play in front of 50 people. And one thing we've always taken with us is we need to make an impact on every single person. Like we want, we want their time to be as valuable as ours. You know, the, the, the few minutes we get to be on stage is the most important thing that I get to do for myself. It's sacred. Mm. And um, the fact that we can translate that energy to someone and hopefully change their, their day, their minute, just for that time, or even get them thinking about the things that we've been through and have been able to conquer together. Like, again, like t- tying back those ailments, like, you know, I, I've been able to like really thrive in this family that we, we call this band. And um, I'm just so grateful. And any way we can translate that to the, the fans or the audience is just all we want. Let, let's talk a bit about that recent tour because uh, you, we were talking about it a bit before we started recording. That's actually pretty much right in my backyard, a lot of those cities you listed. So why don't you let people know where you played and then uh, talk a bit about the experience, kind of touring together for what sounds like, uh, you know, one of the first times, uh, maybe, definitely maybe the first time in a, a foreign country, if Canada is foreign to you at all, because <laughs> I know you guys are obviously really close, but, uh, talk about it. I mean, it was, uh, we, we, what we're saying every day after the show is the best week of our lives. I mean, like there's no feeling that beats again, a room full of people versus a Room full of 30 versus this 
know, a festival field full of thousands. Like, there's no feeling that beats being able to connect with somebody on a sort of intimate level. So we kind of, we started the, the tour in Ottawa. Um, we ended up going through Mississauga, we went through Windsor, we went through Toronto, we went to Guelph, um, hit St. Catharines. Um, we did like a nice little Southern Ontario run uh, with this big whole talking guy, which by the way, plugging them real quick. Absolutely amazing shoegaze band. I've ever met. You guys should definitely check out spoilers. Ontario played uh, without making too many enemies. Which was your your favorite venue? Which was your favorite city? I'm gonna say Windsor. Windsor. Right out of Windsor. Yeah. Oh, the Green Bean. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Windsor. Yeah. We. Uh, I don't know. We. I, there's no words. It was just such an intimate night. Um, it, not only as a band did we all just really resonate with each other and kind of have moments on stage where we looked at each other like, "Whoa, this is real. We're really doing this." Um, we got the same kind of feedback from the audience, and it just kind of reprioritized like why we're all doing this. I mean, we didn't go into this band to be kind of like very spiritual or preachy about like how we feel about our impact on other people, but certainly <laughs> reminded us that that's really the most important thing. Do you guys um, do, you, do you consider sort of you know like you said that the, there's going to be times you play in front of three people, and actually you're the the second group I've had on, and the, and Jason said something similar that you know a lot of bands when they're starting out one of the problems they have is it's hard to get through that uh, time when, you know, you're, you're hy super hyped up for a show and three people show up, but you guys sound like you really embraced it. So what, what do you take from sort of those three men, uh, you know, three men, three women, whatever uh, uh, audiences, because I know you mentioned that, you know, it is about really making an impact with the time you have, but are there some other things, maybe some other tips you would give to uh, you know, a group of guys or gals in your shoes who are, are sort of going through the same things you are right now? Yeah. I mean, like, run head first into it. I mean, there's when, when you've won over a room of four people and it feels like you're at that stadium show and it feels like you're, you've, you've truly given them an experience. There's nothing. It's just as fulfilling as any possible, like fully sold out show, any possible, like, like it, it, it the reality is to make an authentic connection. But you're saying, and I think it's just so important to reevaluate why we're doing this. We're not doing this for, obviously, like, we, I want to make a living from this one day, you know, but the whole point that we have the opportunity to, to help people, you know, that's, that's the whole point is that we want people to feel safe and that they can relate to someone finally in the same way that I was able to relate to bands when, you know, I was growing up and I was going through it, you know, um, that's the most important thing. You know, it's, it's not, it's not money. It's not fans. It's helping someone. Even if it's just one person, two person, you know? I think to like boil that down to a tip for somebody else in our position, it's just to like make sure that that's always the goal. Yeah. You know, if, if that's if that's how you're going about your your, your artistry and if, if that's the impact that you want to make, and if that lines up with like what we're talking about right now, then just make sure it's always about that. Because Oshiega or not, Tor or not, whatever or not, like that is the be all end all North Star goal that we will always hopefully hold ourselves accountable to stay towards. Uh, yeah, that's that's very uh, yeah. It's it's an important sort of thing for musicians that I've talked to. Um, you know, not only is the the touring obviously like you mentioned is really cool and the playing in front of crowds is really cool, but at the end of the day, do you guys feel like this is you know as important to you as kind of an outlet as it is a uh, you know, as it is to be in a recording group, would you be doing this kind of stuff on your own, making music and whatnot, just to sort of express these, uh, again, uh, 
heavy, heavy stuff that you guys are, are talking about here. So would you still be doing this, you think, as an outlet, regardless of whether or not you were uh, in Roy Juno or in another group? I mean, I think in one way or another, whether it's music or just having conversations with people in the day-to-day, it, it's going to happen. And I think music is just a, a, a really fun way to do it, honestly. Mm, yeah. I mean, I would say, honestly, I would say yes. I mean, I, I think even without a... Even without people listening, the, the the catharsis of making something like this and just feeling like you you said something. Like for me, I trip up over my words in conversations, but when I go down to write these lyrics, I, I feel like I'm saying exactly what the fuck I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think we would do this regardless of if it was just in our basement and just our little treasure and if it was in front of millions of people. That's dope. That's exactly the kind of music that I think a lot of people want to hear. And I got to be honest with you, I, I've been listening to your stuff on Spotify, uh, though there's not that many tunes on there. And I like it, but I don't know what to compare it to. So I, like, if you guys have a comp or, or maybe if you want to talk a bit about some of your influences, because I think it's, it's music from, you know, especially the synth influence that I kind of hear uh, in, in those songs. It's music that you've obviously pulled you know, some, some of your, um, some of your decisions in terms of like the technical parts of the songs, uh, from other places, where did you get these, some of these ideas? Because it's, it's cool. It's a cool sound and it's a sound that I don't hear. There's, I mean, yeah, well, first of all, thank you. That's like probably the best compliment that you could give us that you, you can, you've been able to like tie it back compared to something because you know, the whole point for us, at least from a musical standpoint, the part that's exciting is feeling like you're doing something in it and um, we're, we're, we're still Working towards figuring out what exactly that means for us, but the fact that like you know out of the get go still feels like it's something is really awesome. Um, to like, answer your question, I feel like I mean there's a lot of we're all pretty versatile musicians in terms of our taste, in terms of things that we've played in our like own individual careers, um, in terms of the things that we've written individually. Um, I'll say like a lot of us bonded from metal. There's a, like yeah. like we we all kind of in some sense um and from there we kind of blossomed out to, to everything so like roy juno's direct influences i mean definitely the 1975 uh there's a lot of like the killers in there there's a lot of kings of leon in there uh there's some journey in there oh hell yeah <laughs> white snake like a lot of classic rock influences a lot of like 80s rock influences um definitely we tried to like, capture, especially in Glory, um, with the aggression of that song, we tried to capture some of the spirit of like the scene that we grew up in and some of that almost anger. Um, and it's one of those things that really comes to fruition live when we perform it and you kind of see the way that we go about playing these songs. Um, definitely like it's, it's, it's a nice little mix of like rock, like indie rock with pop sensibility with some retro elements that that we really kind of pulled like like i know for me like i was pulling back from cds that i would listen to my dad i would listen with my dad in the car with um i was pulling back from like some of the first records that i'd ever heard in my life uh for the first couple roy juno songs and it feels it, it feels real like it feels yeah. like we, we we were able to I, I, it feels like we honored the memory I think that it definitely wasn't so much of us sitting around, you know, in a writing session saying, oh, we really like this record. Let's make it sound like mm. this. Or, oh, there's this one instrument on this one part of the song we really want to use here. 
a lot of the kind of um, influence from what we used to listen to kind of came through organically by just actively trying to be as genuine as possible. And in like sitting in front of a computer saying, okay, what synthesizer should we use right here? It wasn't like, oh, I, this song uses this, so we should use this. It was more like, this makes me feel a certain type of way and I want to use it in this song. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> makes a lot of sense, yeah. Uh, I have to ask, man, you guys, you guys are giving good answers. You look very young media stuff so how old are you guys uh james how old are you i'm 22 uh i'm 24 well, how old am i 24 <laughs> <laughs> i keep forgetting i'm, like, I'm 24 i'm 23 so you guys are all pretty young yeah the the thing about um i don't know if it's it's a common theme for musicians my, my brother is in a, like a band that does like covers and stuff at a bar in hamilton where i'm from and one of the things i noticed talking to him uh, especially when he started to sort of, you know, get more into his own sort of lyric writing and stuff like that is, is very similar to you guys, man. Well-spoken, articulate answers. It's obviously something you've thought about, which, you know, for someone in my shoes who, like I said, doesn't know a lot about you guys and is interested in kind of listening to something new during your time slot. Uh, that's what I would want to hear from a band. So, so kudos to you guys. Now, I guess really the question I should be asking next, uh, since you guys sound pretty hyped up about Oshiega is, what act are you looking forward to seeing the most? Because you're going to be spectating for the, you know, the, the lion's share of the day. So what are you looking forward to the most? I think all of us vary differently. But for me, my, my guilty pleasure, well, not even guilty. I'm a huge fan of Ski Mask, the Slump God. <laughs> so excited to see him. I've oh, always yeah. wanted to see him. Sorry. Oh, uh, oh, man. Honestly, Tame Impala. Yeah. I hear that. I've seen Tame Impala before, and I can't fucking wait to see him again. <laughs> like, they're just, uh, that Kevin Parker's got one great brain on him. Oh, Lennon Stella. Oh, Lennon yeah, Stella. Lennon Stella. She, Stella. She's, she's just, those songs, man. Those, those, uh, uh, Fortress. I, Ooh. I think I saw Tierra Whack on the lineup. Too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to Tierra Whack, but that, like, album she put out where each song <clears> is, like, a minute long. I, oh, my goodness. What a, what a creative musician she is the one guy that i the one band that i want to make sure we do not leave off this list is young the giant oh my oh. gosh i keep forgetting the tongue 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 tongue. <laughs> dude i mean if you I, i've got some like I, i've got a thing about young the giant i don't know if like samir gadia the vocalist of young the giant um he's like one of the only indian american rock stars that that i really saw growing up and i'm, I'm indian american as well my parents immigrated to uh to uh, Michigan from India and um, just growing up, like, especially when cough syrup was big, watching him do his thing and now being on the same bill as him, uh, just, I, I, I really had a loss for words. It's, 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 it's like a dream, dude. It's seriously. Like, yeah. I gotta get pinched myself. Yeah. That's okay. So I'm, you guys are much the same as uh, a lot of the other people I've had on the show because I don't know if you guys listen to the show at all, but all the episodes almost until two or three weeks ago when I started like going the media route or with festival goers, just like friends of mine, people I knew from Reddit, people I've met in the past. Everyone, everyone has Tame Impala top bill. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I had never listened to them back in like March, April. I started listening to them a lot. And man, like that stuff is great. It is great. Uh, Young Giant's going to be a good one for sure. I don't know much about Tara Whack. What is she like? Uh, she, I really only know her from this album that she dropped. Was it this year, last year? Yeah. yeah. But basically, at, uh, every single it's pretty conceptual. But every single song is only about a minute long and just goes right into the next one. So it's you can finish the album in about fifteen minutes, maybe. And um, there's uh, 
a whole uh, music video. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah. A music video that goes along with the whole record too. And it's just, it's visually and sonically just. An so what are you guys thinking for your own, uh, your own music video, right? Cause you got one, you're making one pretty soon is what I, I think I heard you say. So what are you guys thinking for years? What song are you making it for? And uh, I don't even know if you can share, right? Cause you said you're going to be debuting some stuff at the festival. So I mean, share what you can, but what do you, what are you guys uh, up to next? You can let them know a little yeah, bit. A little, little bit of something. Um, so we're actually shooting a music video tomorrow. Um, and it's going to be for our recently released single, Fools, parentheses, Bitter Kids. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> um, I would just call it Fools. Yeah. All right. I would do that then. Yeah, let's fools. Just, <laughs> yeah, fools. Fools. Yeah. But yeah, um, we're going to be shooting for that, that, the, that music video tomorrow. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'd say a lot of the stuff that we do, we try and do on our own. Just... Mm. Uh, because like, you know, it's where you live in an era where you can get a lot of stuff done on your own instead of outsourcing it to other people. Um, I preach to the choir there. Yeah, right? Mm. It's, and so you should know, it's always uh, an experience. It's always kind of a gamble, but um, we're really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to shoot for 10 hours and just get it done, you know? Are you shooting in Boston? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, actually, we're, we're shooting, we're really not setting this up well. But <laughs> Uh, in the same space that we rehearsed. So we actually just had our last rehearsal before uh, Oshiaga, and then we just tore everything down, kicked everything out of the room so we can uh, set it back up so it looks like, uh, you know, like a bedroom for tomorrow. What? Uh, this is a video I got to see. Okay, so like, tell me something. I, you know what I'm always fascinated by? The groups on, like, Spotify who have the, uh, like, the video running behind their, uh, like, behind their single. So are you guys going to try and swing something like that? I mean, it honestly depends with how much we can pull this off tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're very, very DIY over here, Roy Juno. I mean, like everything that we've built so far, all of our songs, all of our visual content, all of our promotional content for stuff has either been made in-house or outsourced to somebody who might as well live with us. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> in-house, literally in-house. We haven't stepped foot in a recording studio. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. We did our whole record in a, we did like what, drums and bass in the living room. We recorded it. I had to strip almost completely naked to record <laughs> vocals in my room because I couldn't have the AC on and it was so hot. And and that's that's punk rock as heck. <laughs> so are, you, are you guys rolling with like the egg cartons on the wall? Is that what people do? If we can afford eggs. I was like... <laughs> You should. I don't know why you wouldn't. That's that's like quality content. See now, because you guys are you guys are like, I gotta say, you guys sound pretty fun. So now I gotta like cruise to your your Instagram here and see if there's any good stuff there. Because I didn't check your Instagram. It's about the only thing I didn't do. Oh yeah, this is this is all DIY. This stuff looks good, man. Especially this, this like stylized stuff near the top of the feed. Yeah. Also, real quick while we're at it, I want to give a huge shout out to my buddy Ross Thiessen, who's like pretty much our go-to graphic designer guy. I mean, we've built, I've, I've been working with this guy since I was in middle school and he's just never failed to deliver. What are you paying him? Peanuts? Ah. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Got him. Got him. Yeah, Josh ate them all, man. <laughs> That's sick. Um, yeah, man, that's that's all good stuff. Okay, so th there's a couple of things I want to talk to you guys about. Things that are not related to the music. That I just want to talk to you guys about some of the festival sort of lifestyle. So you guys are young. I'm looking now. I'm looking through your Instagram, and you guys got that kind of uh, I don't know 
like modern punk vibe. So I got to ask, and this is something I ask a lot of my guests. Uh, typically I, I save it for the ones I think, you know, are going to give me a, an answer that's going to be at least interesting. We'll say, cause it doesn't have to be a great answer, but it's gotta be an interesting answer. What are you guys going to wear the weekend of the festival? What do you got planned for the outfits? So if Amazon prime comes through, I'm going to be wearing a jumpsuit. Um, I'm going to try to spray paint some cool stuff on the back. We'll see exactly what happens when, if Amazon Prime comes through. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be wearing the thing I wanted when I was 12, which was just some Doc Martens, some skinny jeans, and like a black flag t-shirt, honestly. So, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that's dope. Yeah. No, it's the same. I'm going to keep it pretty utilitarian. Was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Saw it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, well, what about when you're watching the shows? Because you guys, like, obviously you can hang out in the back, I think, uh, in, like, the media oh. artist section. But, like, what about during the rest of the day? It's going to be hot. You're not going to wear docks all through the day. You're going to burn to death, man. Oh, I'm talking short shorts, like, shorter, short as hell, shorter the better. <laughs> Fanny pack, Birkenstocks, and a couple pairs of T-shirts that I can just sweat through. Probably like a wrestling singlet. <laughs> <laughs> like a batman costume yeah dude i uh, just gym shorts man man yeah probably just gym shorts we'll just get <laughs> right in we don't even want to look like i might stay in the jumpsuit the whole time and just like <laughs> just die <laughs> just let it expire <laughs> <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be gray by the time i'm done <laughs> This, this is like fe festival fashion is like the funniest thing, man. Year to year. I see people who are, uh, I usually call them like the like bunnies, the, the girls and guys who are just like huddled by whatever trendy art uh, display is, is up near like the hot dog stands or near the main stage, like posing, never looking at the camera. Why would you ever look at the camera during an Instagram shot? And I just think like, man, once, once you're, you know, two, three beers deep, to say the least, uh, you're going to wish you were out of all these clothes. You're going to wish you were wearing something a little more utilitarian. That's the word you would use, I think. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to hear a bunch of younger guys talking about what they're going to wear. And I don't think you're actually going to wear the singlet. If you did, that would be funny. But uh, I have to advise against that. Chafing. You know, might, you might get chafing with that. <laughs> Hulk Hogan mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would stay away. I would stay away. Um, okay. Okay. Wait, wait, what one, one, uh, one thing that I'm always curious about with the acts, because, uh, like I said, I, I talked to a couple of guys from Oceaga already and I asked them what the biggest draw for bands coming to the festival is. Now, obviously if you're me, I would think it's like the huge festival. It's the crowd. It's all the eyes you're going to get on your music or all the eyes are going to get on your band ears on your music. But do you know what he told me the biggest draw was? I'll give each of you guys a guess. I bet you won't get it. Like, which act would have the biggest audience? No, no, no. no. Like, like, what is the thing that the bands who are playing Oshiega look forward to the most? After parties? No. Poutine? <laughs> You're halfway there. <gasps> oh, what man. What's like, what's like... Maple syrup? Ma no. <laughs> no, no, it's, no, not no. A, it's not a Canadian delicacy. You know what it is? It's the food. The catering in the artist section of the festival is apparently, like, the best in the world. I'm I didn't even consider that, dude. Yeah, so so get this. I asked, uh, I asked them, and you guys tell me what you think about this. Uh, having just been on the South, Southern Ontario tour, as much as I love my my home province, I know it doesn't hold a candle to this. Uh, it's not like most festivals where you get to the artist area and like there's 
you know, meal tickets or whatever. So like you get a, a breakfast ticket, lunch ticket, dinner ticket, whatever the case is over yeah. here. It's like straight chef. What do you want? I'm going to see if I can get it for you any time of the day. What? We're going to get some peanuts. Are We're going to get some peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Take God. Martin's home, babe. I'm sorry. I will say, peanut. I got like, give some props <laughs> to Canada for all of the vegetarian options we came across. Like, Canada yeah. really is good about that, about doing like uh, like meat substitute, like beyond meat stuff at yeah. least importance. Blew me away. Are you guys, are you guys vegetarians? Like all four of you or just one or two? Just one or two. <laughs> yeah, it's me and Henry. I'm just kidding. That's not bad, man. I, you know, there's, I'm not vegetarian myself. Like I don't really, I'm not careful with my diet or anything, but uh, I will say that Canada does a great job trying to keep fast food like relatively healthy, uh, which I appreciate, especially in, in my advanced age. Uh, yeah. I try, I try and keep it like that. What do you, what are you guys been eating when you're in Southern Ontario? Like I know you told me you went to a, probably a burrito boys or something, but where else did you go? We hit, we got a McDouble. You got a McDouble. I got a McDouble <laughs> in a French-speaking province, I believe. <laughs> and, and it was just so confusing with this French on the screen. I was so scared because I'm going to do a hard... No, no, no. I just didn't understand what anyone was saying. And, uh, and this was your first, like, two hours outside of the United States. I've never been outside of the United States. <laughs> and I just wanted a McDouble. And I was just like... They were just like... I didn't know what they were saying, and it was just the best McDouble I've ever had. I was, it was, yeah. Dude, that that McDonald's was delicious. Like, yeah. I, I had some later on, and oh my god, it's just like something about that oil. I don't know. Yeah. I, I really liked that. He, the question was like, so where'd you guys go in Ontario? And we're like, oh, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> At McDonald's. Do you, do you guys have the uh, the off menu stuff in the states, like the McGangbang? Is that a thing over across the border? Wait, wait, before you answer that, what is a Canadian McGangbang? It's, uh, oh, you know what? Don't, don't ask me that question. I'll tell you what I think. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, two McDoubles and a cheeseburger. We do a McChicken in the middle. Ooh. Oh, that's what it is. The McChicken in the middle, two McDoubles and a McChicken. And it's dressed, you have to ask for it dressed like a Mac. One of them is dressed like a Mac. Oh, baby, yeah. Oh, we just kind of hand make it because they don't care about what we feel out here. <laughs> You guys have a problem getting ketchups in the bag? Oh, do we? No, they they do the little they do the little cup things. Oh man, like here, I was saying to my girlfriend the other day, like we were we were pretty hungover Sunday morning, and uh, I was saying we should go to McDonald's, and she's like, "Why? You have to go twice. You have to go order the food, and then by the time you get like halfway back home, one of us is gonna finally look in the bag and be like, there's no fucking ketchup in here. There's no salsa. We gotta go back.' And that's like." It's it is the poison of McDonald's because it's so good. You're right, but man, like they just can't get the fucking order right, like eighty percent of the time. <laughs> oh jeez. Here in America, the one problem we don't have is ketchup in the bag. Fuck. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah, you got a bunch of other ones. Do you guys want it? Like, I don't, this is not a political. Oh, things to say. Well, what is your, does your? I mean, you guys are DIY. I don't know if uh, if that allows you to get political, but if it does, like, I'm all ears. What, like about the ketchup? Uh, if you want to talk about the political ramifications of ketchup uh, and not making it to the bag, go for it. Yeah. What if you want to talk other politics? I'm, I'm all ears for that too. You guys, are in a, you guys are in a funny situation, man, because like you said, one of the most prescient things you said earlier on, uh, one, one of you four, was that you're in uh, sort of a, an in-between zone between the, the world you grew up in, the world you like. And the world now you're expected to kind of be a part of and maybe more uh, difficult contribute to uh, the way someone else wants you to. 
So what, what do you guys make of um, sort of the, the in-between for a lot of people who I would guess like, you know, in your mid-20s, early to mid-20s is really when that feeling is like at peak. Now I'll say I'm 31 and still, man, sometimes I feel like this is not the right way to be doing things, like whether it's at work or, or sort of at leisure or whatever, uh, you know, that there's got to be a better way forward. What, how do you guys th- uh, feel about sort of that in-between zone? I mean, to be honest, like, I write a, like, like in, in one of the songs that we're going to be performing at Oceaga, um, tried to talk about just the concept of being in the middle as a hindrance. But if, if I really think about it personally, that's where I've, I've thrived. I've, I've kind of thrived not being tied to one thing or another. I've kind of thrived not associating myself wholly to one side of the spectrum or the other. I just like, I feel like being in the middle and being forced to, 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 to think your own thoughts, to choose your own choices, and to really understand what you yourself as an individual feel like and need um, is, is integral. So like for me, and I, can, I really can only speak for myself at this point. Um, for me, being in between, being in that zone of struggle and kind of, for, for lack of a cheesier way of saying it, like building myself off of pain like that, like it, it made me strong in a way that I don't think I would be without those experiences. Boys, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, psych, I mean, I, I don't know how much you want to reveal here, but like I'll definitely speak for myself is like um, we've found a way to support each other through some really hard times. And like um, even for myself, like like just just facing like, you know, problems with mental health and addiction and like um We've just we've just found this way to uh, grow and be uncomfortable, but in a in a really positive way, and transfer you know all those negative aspects of that, and like and just uh, and just you know take it all into an energy for a show, or like tracking new songs, or like you know just preparing like everything you know we can. Yeah, no, I I I, I totally. I think at the core of it, it comes down to the fact that like the things that we have been writing about, and I we kind of went through that whole thing of like ailments and 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 the downfalls of like of these things. All, all, this this whole subject is revolved around the fact that we've figured out how to take our experiences, the experiences of people we love, and like the, the like the negative sides of these things, and hopefully we, we can't really be the judge of it, but hopefully we've turned it into something positive, something that people can like think about something that provokes people something that challenges people in terms of the way that they think and honestly at the end of the day like the bands that have done that for us the artists that have done that for us um i from where we're standing went about it the same way they just they, they just they thrived in in that that scenario they thrived in that in between they thrived in that like i don't know necessarily what the outside world's labels for me are going to be and that's fine that's uh yeah the the challenging people who are in challenging spots uh is is a good place to be uh as a musician i would imagine it's certainly a good place to be uh if you're working in sort of those fields that's that's you know it's an important thing for people with not 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 only mental health and addiction problems so people who are just facing a tough time could be you're in a tough relationship or you're you know down on your luck as far as your job or your social life whatever um sometimes people take solace in hearing someone else going through it, you know, over in your case, guitars and synth or, or whatever the, the sort of band of choice is. Um, so it's good that you guys, man, are thinking about that. And, and, you know, 
you, you guys have sort of alluded to this a few times that, you know, you have kind of this thematic, um, sort of this thematic, at least recent uh, history would, would sort of lead one to believe this about you guys, this sort of thematic uh, lyric and, and, you know, the songs are all kind of pushing a certain way. But I think, you know, you guys tell me if I'm wrong about this, you're sort of in a good spot here because a lot of the bands that are a bit older, a bit more established kind of have a, um, you know, they, they may be typecast by their fans and, and maybe also typecast by the media, but you guys, I don't think have that problem, at least uh, fr from what I can tell here. So, you know, what, what is like the five-year plan, the one-year plan for, for Roy Juno? What are you guys thinking going forward? So <clears throat> this is where it kind of gets dicey because we're going to be moving. So I, uh, me, Josh, and likely eventually Henry, um, we'll be moving to Nashville. I, I'm moving in September. Josh is moving in September. And I think we're, Henry might come out like later in the year. Um, James is going to be going to LA and working with like, uh, he's, he's pretty much the electronic producer of the band. Um, and he's like, he's going to be working that angle out in LA as, as a, uh, as a producer, working with like artists, working with people that are going to be helping us out in the long run. Um, and we're kind of trying to capitalize on the modern band, you know, trope of you don't have to be in the same place, just write and release the music in whatever way you have to, which again, we're used to um, kind of skin of our teeth, making it happen uh, in, in non-ideal terms. Um, so we're just going to kind of honestly continue that for the next year. We're looking into doing some touring, maybe in late fall of, of 2019, uh, maybe in spring of 2020. We have some new songs that we're going to be putting together over the next couple months. And um, the plan is to put together, you know, an entire campaign with a video and a, and a, and a whole like promotional um, campaign that we, we put together. Um, longer than that, like five years, it really just kind of comes down to how we're able to keep this thing afloat, apart. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us like wholeheartedly believe in the core of this. And we believe in the core of the band. We believe in the core of the message and the things that we're trying to say. Um, and to be honest, it's kind of uh, we're kind of shooting our shot, and we're gonna we're gonna do everything that we possibly possibly can to make this work under these terms. So you guys are thinking about making the uh, sort of the jump to Nashville and LA. That's good. I, I don't know a ton about sort of the industry and the scene, but I know those two cities. I mean, if there was ever two places for you guys to take off. Uh, yeah, that that would probably be it. It definitely wouldn't be Guelph or uh, St. Catharines. As much as I like, <laughs> as much as I like those places, probably wouldn't be those. Uh, okay, boys, we're we've reached the uh, the part of the interview where uh, we're gonna go rapid fire. So I'll I'll pop out a handful of questions to you guys. You take them as quick as you want. Uh, we'll say each of you gets to answer each one, and then at the end of uh, maybe four or five questions, you guys get a question for me. Okay anything you want and uh, I'll answer it just so long as it doesn't get me fired from my, uh, my full-time job. So pretty low bar, but uh, let's get started. We'll, we'll, we'll go with the first question is you're building a fantasy uh, mus musical project. You guys play fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey, anything like that? Uh, no, no, but we're familiar. <laughs> we're, doing this. we're familiar with the concept. I like sports. Ah, <laughs> you don't have to pick, you know, a traditional band, you can have a singer, a guitar player, bass player, drummer, whatever. Who are you taking, dead or alive, first overall in the draft for your band? Oh. Henry Rollins. I was going to say that. <laughs> Henry Rollins. <laughs> Damn. 
I was literally about to say yeah. that. Yeah, Henry Rollins, just so we can hear him talk. <laughs> oh, man. Sinister Gates. No! <laughs> no. Stop it. Dude, he's the best guitar player alive. There's no, there's, there's no way around it. I'm kidding. Uh, Wait, so else? we have a singer. Do we need do you need to read the other members of the band as well? You can take whoever you want. Like like my personal first overall pick is always either Hendrix or Mercury. That's always who I would take first overall. Mercury. Yeah, well, if we got Mercury, just kick you out of band sign. That would suck. But I'd be okay <laughs> with it. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with being replaced with Freddie Mercury. Right? <laughs> Um, oh man, who, drummer, drummer, who we, drummer, Luke Hawk, no. <laughs> um, that's a really interesting question. 1975, sure. Dude. George Daniel? Actually, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Solid guy? George Daniel's solid. All right, George Daniel will be our drummer. Okay. Hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> hit us up, we'll try and hit you up. Uh, the bass player of Kings of Leon. Yeah, I don't know his name. I'm really sorry. Victor Wooten. <laughs> um, Who else? I also think we just kind of destroyed the format that you were trying to go for. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. This always happens. I, I call them. It takes like 15 minutes to get through them. Uh, since you guys are younger than 25, like the older guys, what they what advice they'd give 25 year old them? But let's go. What advice? What advice would you give 30 year old you? 30-year-old, uh, uh, I'm just going to add this. I constantly live in, this, live in this anxiety of, like, am I doing enough? And I don't think I am. So my 30-year-old me could probably either say, hey, you're doing just enough, you're doing fine, or you're wasting your time, you need to do more. It could be either at this point. I, honestly, <laughs> advice that I would give my 30-year-old self is just, like, enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, this cheesy and cliche and whatever, and I cr I, cr I curled back a little bit after I said that, but like, I mean, like I'm about to move out of Boston, and I've been here for five years, and I've moved around a lot before then, and I've spent a lot of this time kind of like, just, you know, soaking in my anxieties, um, and there's so much to enjoy, and that's really it. I just I just want to enjoy it. Yeah. Stay single. <laughs> 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 get, get that health insurance that's the, uh, make sure you got your health insurance yeah. like, that's, i don't know what it's like in canada but like here when you turn 26 like it's, it's you're on your own i had uh in canada just to give you an example so i i tore my acl playing football when i was like 23 or something like that yeah like just playing beer league football the same year i had the surgery and the rehab basically on the house and then last year at 29 or 30 i don't remember how old i was probably 30 i tore the same knee just the meniscus though and i had to push the surgery back they wanted to give me the surgery like three weeks after the injury and it would have been on the house same with the rehab so health insurance america only as a problem but uh yeah i mean hey we got room for you man you saw what the border's like it's not that bad better up here so you get mcdonald's and health insurance is a win-win yeah the only two things that we possibly could need. yeah Josh and I were like when we were walking around Toronto, just like looking at each other every ten steps, being like, "Dude, we have to move here." Like, <laughs> I just feel so short in Canada. That's really, the, that's the biggest. I feel problem. short everywhere, man. Everyone's so beautiful in Canada. Yeah, that's true. Hey, what's that about? That's not Newberry Street syndrome, which I I guess wouldn't make sense. But uh, there's a street on Boston, uh, in Boston, um, 
It's called Newberry Street. There's just a lot of money, yeah. a lot of rich shops, and uh, beautiful people. And the same thing happened in Toronto. Toronto, yeah. Toronto, uh, probably where you guys were, downtown core, like financial district. Yeah, there's a lot of people down there who are like trying their best to to look their best all the time. Which you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not indicative of Ontario as a whole. I mean. Like I said, Guelph is a great party city. And I'll say this, man, uh, Canada has a lot of beautiful women uh, as well. So if, uh, you know, I know there was there was some advice there about staying single, but hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> Give it a chance. Uh, uh, Bella, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> Liz, I will always love you. <laughs> My girlfriend's Canadian. She gets it. <laughs> hey, there we go, man. Okay, and so you guys are young. I'll only ask you... Uh, do you guys have any Bitcoin? Bitcoin? No. <laughs> you trying to take my Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. No, we don't. But I do have a buddy that like literally will not stop hitting me up about investing into Bitcoin. And maybe I should. I don't know. I feel like it's smart to go like a, like a, like a Roth IRA. I don't really know what it is, but it sounds smarter to do that. I think we need to dig a hole and bury all our gold. <laughs> and then from there on out, we'll see what happens. Bury your cash, man. Yeah. Now, <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what. Well, I'll ask you one more because uh, this is this is what I'm curious about myself. So you guys have been a band or a project for seven months. In that seven months, who would you say has caused the most arguments between the four of you guys? <laughs> It's, it's me. I mean, it's you. It has to be me. <laughs> just this wonderful thing where he oh constantly thinks everyone hates him. It's dude, dead. it's just, like, it's just, it, it yeah. feels so real. Like, it feels so real. Your beef? No, dude, it's like 9 o'clock in the morning. I just trying to drink my coffee, bro. Uh, dude, I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> that was a, that's a unanimous answer from the four of you guys. Yeah, it's definitely me. I, I, I just I get really intense sometimes, you know what I mean? And that's really all there is to it. I just, you know, I kind of barrel forward no matter what, which I, I love that about, you know, being able to get through shit. But at the same time, it's like sometimes, it, you know, sometimes I can be insensitive. Well, no, I think you're just. I... <laughs> what, what do you guys want to ask me? You get one. You get one? You get one. You got to come up with a one together. So maybe don't let Saya come up with it because I know you guys will start a fight about it. Ah! <laughs> no, 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 dude. <laughs> a lot of whispering going on. Game planning. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, do it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, you got it. What's the worst band you've ever had on the podcast? Well, I've only had two on, so do you really want to know? You know what? I can't answer that. You got to give me another. You, I, you know, the thing about having this this podcast is that you know, six months ago or whatever, when I started, like in March, I was just doing it as a way to talk about O'Shea because I like talking shit about the festival. I like talking to people about like their weekend. It gets gritty sometimes with like, you know, the drugs and drinking and it's fine. I, I enjoy those topics. But when I got the media cred, like, you know, bands like you guys, uh, you guys and We Are Monroe are the band. And my inbox right now with like three days to go is chock full of acts. Like 
uh jo- goji joji the pink guy he like he's trying he's trying to like set something up sophie tucker uh taylor bennett i think is, is in my inbox too and like i want to talk to all those guys and like what what is a good band i don't know i gotta say this you guys were a good interview that's for sure this is my first group interview and you guys were pretty fucking good so you got that going for you I really thank you that. this is a fun time all right so we're, different question then we're gonna change it okay um, what is what is the most disappointed you've been in a band at Oceaga? It's uh, Arctic Monkeys, and it's not close. <gasps> yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, this was like three years ago or four years ago. I like Arctic Monkeys. I'll start by saying that, and yeah, I listen to their stuff quite a bit. I did, anyways, in the past. I, their newer, their newer CD, I haven't, uh, or the newer LP, I haven't like played a lot of. But uh, they came out with their first LP in my first year of university, two thousand five. So that's like. You know, I was, I was saying to somebody, uh, to Jason, actually, from We Are Monroe, that part of the thing about music and nostalgia isn't, it, it has, like, nothing to do with how good the music is most of the time. It's got to do with, were you, like, in a place in your life, you were enjoying yourself, did the music uh, sort of speak to you at that time? And, you know, that's sort of the equation when you play it going forward. I mean, for a guy my age, I still listen to, like, Ja Rule and Nishanti at parties at my house sometimes. Not because I think Ja Rule and Nishanti are transcendent musicians but because it's a good time to listen to them with other people who went through stuff at the same time. That being said, Arctic Monkeys 05, I liked them a lot then and I like them a lot now, but at the show they put on, it was like the Sunday night of Oshega three or four years ago. And I think they were just like hung over or tired or something, but like the guys didn't talk to the crowd at all, which I kind of enjoyed during a show, especially a headliner with a monster crowd. Uh, and like just the energy of the show, especially for them, really low, I thought. But that, you know, that's... That's maybe something that is only an appealing thing for me is the the sort of crowd engagement. But I, I yeah, I was really disappointed. Very, very, very disappointed with them. Have you had the chance to see them since? I haven't. You- I haven't. Are you just so turned that you're not going to? It's hard to say. Uh, I mean, I, I live about 45 minutes from Toronto. So it's not out of the question that I could go see them like with relative ease if they were to put out another another LP in the near future. But you know, that's a band now that probably charges, like that's gotta be a hundred dollar ticket, right? I would guess, even if they play in a smaller venue, it's gotta be a hundred dollar ticket. So for me, so let's say me and my better half, we, we drive out to Toronto or take the bus to Toronto. By the time I get in the door, cause you gotta eat something in Toronto too, probably. And like you mentioned, you, you, there's a lot of beautiful people down there and those beautiful people are not eating for cheap. So uh, by the time you get in the door, you're probably up near 200 uh, Trudeau bucks. And if they put on a crappy show, like, I'd be fucking pissed, man. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. Uh, I don't know. You think I should go see him? Like, did you guys like our seen them live recently? I have another. I haven't seen them live ever, but shot because I love that band. They, I mean, they did that um, Olympics like halftime show, didn't they? Did they? I don't know. I watched that like thirty times, something like that. That shit was amazing. Olympics yeah. halftime show. Like, I, I want to say it was Beijing. The Olympics don't have a halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, like. <laughs> yeah, I just realized I was sleeping with that seven. Half the halftime ceremonies of the <laughs> one full day of Arctic Monkeys play. <laughs> okay, that's This is the thing, right? Like, if if you got to convince me, like, think think about this for a second. For all the shows the Arctic Monkeys play, and probably all the video of the Arctic Monkeys. I'll, I'll, this is obviously now I'm cashing in my chips. I'll never have them on the show, regardless of whether they play Oshaga or not. But for all the video they have of, of them like doing live stuff, for you to tell me that the the way I should like get back into them is the fucking Olympic ceremonies. 
like that's crazy, man. I can't, I can't go. I can't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. Well, dude, I mean, you'll catch some great sporting events, and you'll see a cool band. There's really nothing to lose. Man, he played football, so yeah. Halftime only. That's all I care about. That's it, boys. That's it. So listen, if people want to, you know, we uh, Roy Juno, or if they want to like follow you on your socials, uh, where can they do it? You guys must have Instagram, although not everyone does these days. So I don't know. Maybe you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we have um, in terms of socials, we are at Roy Juno the band on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook.com backslash Roy Juno. It might be a forward slash. I don't really know. Um, we're on Bandcamp. I think it's just bandcamp.royjuno.com. And then we have our own website, www.royjuno.com. And, and then we're, we're Spotify and everything as well. Do you guys have uh, personal Instagrams you want to share or are those off limits? Yeah, no, sure. I'm at, uh, at S-A-Y-A-K-D-A-S. That's my full name, Syak Das. James, J-A-M-E-S underscore Marino, M-A-R-I-N-O. And uh, at Henry Young, and that's Henry with an I. Pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm at uh, JSH Para, P A R R A. I like it. Boys, uh, it's been a slice, man. 